At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Heart to Heart Radio Show with Dan and Ann. We're coming to you on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Uh, being our very first show, we just want to welcome everybody. Uh, my name is Dan, one of the hosts, and my wife is the co-host, Angela. Angela, would you like to say hi? Uh, hi, guys. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Well, we thought this being our first show, um, we'd like to talk a little bit about what our mission is with the show and what our purpose is. We're really excited to share what it is that we've learned in, in life and uh, the many miracles we've experienced. And really, uh, we just, we're just really glad you're here. And what I want to say is the, one of the main things we want to share in our show is, you know, a, a scripture that haunted me and Angela uh, years ago. It was a scripture that Jesus said. He said, the things that I do and greater you will do. He said, don't marvel at what I'm doing because the things that I do and greater you will do. That was you and me. And, you know, since we've been around a while, we've been around for uh, quite a while. I'm 60 years old. Angela's uh, 60. And, Almost. Uh, We're 59, Dan. I just turned 59. Don't rush it. <laughs> <okay>. Well, <laughs> you know, and what we wanted to what we wanted to share was that we just haven't seen that type of power. And if the master teacher Jesus said it was available and said we'd do these greater things, in fact, he said we'd be a light in the world and all sorts of things. So what this show is really about in Angela is even doing a, a broadcast also on Facebook about living full out. It's about how to be more, do more, and have more. And I think the first one precedes the other two, the be more. If we're not more internally, if our inner temple isn't constructed and built, then we don't do more, be more. We have to become more as a person. And so what we want to talk about in, in our radio show is is in this broadcast, even here tonight, is where maybe the church is failing in some of these regards. Angela, what, were you, what would you say our purpose is? Well, you know, I think we're here to try to ignite and inspire the listener 
to take the relationship with God to a new and deeper level. Like you said, you know, when Jesus said that these and greater that you would do, well, why are we not doing it? And what's wrong? And, um, you know, one of the reasons that we don't go deep is because we think God's mad at us. And we have a lot of fear around what we believe, what we've been trained to believe that God is. Well, if Jesus said that these and greater things you will do, God must really believe in us. He must have a, a really big and exciting life for us, but we, we don't really believe anymore. So I think part of our job, Dan, will be to inspire people to believe some of these things that are talked about in the Bible, but no one really, um, they, they don't look at it. They don't think about it. So I feel like things have been skipped over, ignored, that bring a rich dimension to our lives and to humanity. There's mysteries in the Bible, you know, um, like like uh, Paul saying that whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, or, or Jesus walking through the walls right into the room with the disciples or slipping through the crowd magically when they were ready to throw him off the cliff. I mean, there's just so many things um, that are just never discussed. And you are the light of the world. Whoa, you know, um, th 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 that many times too that he's our elder brother. What did you mean by he's our elder brother? First of many. Yeah, you know, um, it does say that in the Bible that Jesus is our elder brother. So he's not just God. I mean, he is, you know, he is, he's earned that right. But he came that that we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so by so doing that we would become like him, that we would have the mind of Christ, it says. It, it says, in where was that, Dan? Ephesians, let this mind be in you. It was also in Christ Jesus. You know what I mean? So we're, yes. we're being transformed to become and to be like um, Jesus. Um, so I, I don't know that that's pretty big. That's pretty huge, you well, know? going to be the exception then. Right. No, exactly. So we're to be like Christ. It says that right in the Bible. And again, that these and greater things you would do. So yeah, no, when people say that, oh, you know what, Jesus, we worship him because he's the only one who will ever get it. He's the only one who will ever get this down. And and I think Dan, you and I say, no, he is trying to get us to be like God wants us to become like his son, like Jesus, like our elder brother. So we, we are the, he is the first of many brethren, brothers. We are those brothers. We are. And I, so, and I think, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No. I no. was going to say just along with that, you know, we gloss over that scripture that says the kingdom of God is inside you. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's now, it's at hand. The kingdom of God is within you and it's at hand. And I think everybody quotes it everywhere I go. I hear that, you know, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is at hand. But nobody knows really what it means or how it's activated. If we've got a kingdom inside of us, what's at hand? What's going on? And I don't think the churches are teaching that. And I, and I think that might be a clue to where the power comes from, this kingdom yeah. of in us. I mean, we're supposed to be the light of the world. And, and it said when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, that there would be power. And what I've experienced about the Holy Spirit for me is that it's given me voice. It's given me understanding. It's given me wisdom. It's opened my heart to love more fully. It's powerful. And it's as God's and it's as God wills it in me. So I, I really realize that's a powerful thing Jesus was telling us when he said, the kingdom of God is within you and the kingdom of God is at hand right now. And we're to be the, this light in the world. 
but I just don't see that in the churches. It just seems no. like yes, resting home or something. Yeah, it's like we're we're just waiting for heaven, like zombies, you know, with no purpose. We're just on this earth, just floundering. And um, it, to any more today, being a Christian is kind of like a get out of jail free card. It's like, I, I don't know, it's all messed up in my way of looking at. It. I, I'm not saying everyone. I'm just saying. A lot of the time, it's just um, we can just sin, and we're just sinners. We're losers, saved by grace. So that's what I mean by you know, get out of jail free. You know, we can sin, and and we just you know believe that Jesus died for us, and it's our get out of jail free card and get to heaven. That's not how God. I do not believe Jesus would come and die so that we can continue to just believe that. Well, I, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, and I can go on sinning because Jesus died for me, and I accepted that, and so I'm saved. And I, I'm sorry, but He said that these and greater you will do. Not you will not be weak. You know, J- Jesus yes. said that when when we're weak, He was strong. So that means we got to rely upon Him, and it will make us strong from moment to moment. Do yes. you know? And I, and it's weird, but I think we're in kind of a third dimension. Phase. I, I think the first dimension was the law. You know, Moses. They they gave it. They they were given the law as a tutor, and then and then Christ would come, and and he would be the 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 balancing agent. He would be the forgiveness for when we did wrong. But I think there's a third phase we're moving into, and the phase that I think we're moving into is Christ and you, hope of glory. And what I mean by Christ and you, hope of glory is Jesus' last name wasn't Christ. The Christ was an actual energy field. The Christ was actually God in Jesus because he's called Jesus the Christ, the anointed of God. So Jesus was wanting us to share that anointing. He was saying, as I am in union with the Father and he is in union with me, that you would come into union, be grafted in, be possessed by whatever word you want to use. But we would come into this union and this power of God, the Christ, the Christos, would move through our vessel and be able to speak the things that Jesus spoke. Because he said we would do the things he did in greater. So really... What's coming through us really isn't ours. It's like Jesus said, the Father in me is doing the speaking. The Father in me is doing the work. And what what I love about our show is in order to help people, in order to help us, we need to discuss unpopular, unpopular topics like that scripture you read. It said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus Although he was made in the image of God, now hear this, he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now, anybody can look that up. And when I tell people that in the church, if I go into the church and say, hey, check out this scripture, what happens? And I'll tell you about this scripture. I have looked at it all the way back to the Greek interlinear, and it says the same thing. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Although he was made in the image of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now, what does that mean? It means that the Spirit of God would move through him in such a way that he could say, what I speak is not mine. That invitation was open to us because it said, let this mind be in you. So, wow, wow. Yes, yes. There's the power. 
Yes. Amen to that, Dan. You know, and, you know, another thing I kind of like to mention is that, that I'd like to do on this show with people that we have on is to talk about meditation, um, how we can start thinking again and using our brains, um, kind of like surrendering, all about surrender, boundaries. Um, you know, in the church, I feel like that there's not been a lot of tools, like how to have healthy relationships. We just, we just tend to um, be very codependent and weak where we don't speak our mind. We don't know how to say no. Um, we just have a lot of resentment. We, we cover things up because we're not supposed to be sinners, right? We're, I mean, we, we say we're sinners saved by grace, but yet we act like we're perfect. Like we should be perfect or we'll bring shame on God. If we don't, if we have anything wrong in our lives, that's a bad thing. And we might get rejected by the church. We might get thrown out. So we better not talk about it for God's goodness sake. So I think it's real problematic. Uh Oh, do you hear music? I do. All right. We have to take a commercial break, but we'll be right back with our co-host and guest tonight, my wife, Angela Clark, who will be discussing for us her perspective on why the church is failing us and what changed. Coming up right after the commercial break, you're listening to Heart Heart Radio Show. Visit HeartHeartRadioShow.com. Again, we'll be right back after the commercial All right, we're back. You're listening to Heart to Heart Radio Show with Dan and Ann, and we're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. I'd like to introduce to you tonight's guest and the other co-host, my wife, Angela Clark. She Hi, guys. Will, she will be talking with us tonight about why the churches are failing and what needs to be done. And just a little bit about her. Angela is the mother of three children, an ordained minister. She seeks to inspire uh, others to live and thrive with passion. She has taught life skill classes to inmates, been a volunteer for the Boise Rescue Mission since 2014. Also, she's been a volunteer at the county jail to encourage them on their spiritual level, teaching teaching also in a WANA program, Vacation Bible School, and at other such programs. She works to educate and uplift those who are struggling by providing the necessary tools and even bringing her own voice and guitar to bring comfort and joy and loving music. Released from her first, she released her first Christmas CD in 2018 and having been through her own difficult challenges and struggles, and then finding freedom, she is paying pay, paying this forward to everyone. Thank you, Dan. All right. So, Angela, the, the question I have for you tonight is, uh, I'd like to ask you, what are you most passionate about regarding this and why? You know, as we said in, in our introduction, Dan, about what we're all about, and definitely it's about uh, inspiring others to be all that they're meant to be. Um, it's, you know, by looking at their programming in various areas, um, you know, there's just a lot of, of learning that needs to happen 
and 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 so learning and getting tools um I, I want to be an inspiration because i feel like um when people are not thriving in life it's because they don't have the tools so my mission i feel is to give people the tools and you know i just kind of wanted to maybe tell the listener a little bit about where i came from so that at least they can kind of get where why i would be coming from this this point of view um but in the church i grew up as part jehovah's witness and part Jewish, and uh, I would say that we were really equally both in the way that we lived, so we didn't keep Christmas, Easter, Halloween, birthdays, uh, that kind of thing. Um, that was pagan and man-made, and, and we called it an abomination, so if we'd see Christmas lights, we, we my dad would point to it and say, abomination, it was really crazy, and it would, it would make you feel bad because it's like you thought it was beautiful, so, you know, there was a, a little bit of a split in our minds and our hearts because to us, it, it looks so wonderful, and all the kids were getting cool presents, and, you know, that was just... Um, it was like, why should I feel bad about that? And so you'd have this um, internal turmoil about it's bad, but it's good. Uh, you know, it's just kind of crazy. On birthdays, you know, you'd see the kids at school get get presents and, you know, and just they'd be so excited and so happy. And then you'd see their parties and how they're blowing out their candles. And, and you think, oh, you know, is that really so bad? You know, but we're told that it's, it's self-pride. So... Anyway, we kept the old the old law, the holy days, the eating of, uh, you know, certain foods. Certain foods were not allowed to eat. Um, so, you know, it was like a watered-down Judaism, really. So, so yeah. Um, anyway, in my upbringing, I think what, um, what, what I didn't care for and what we were taught was that women should be submissive and obedient. And that kind of haunted me later on in my life when I got married. Um, so we could talk about that later on, but as we were taught not to argue or question, to just follow obediently and even blindly, uh, because the way to heaven or favor with God is through the obedience to the law and also through baptism and confessing. Well, later on in my other religious, um, time, cause I, I was in two different religions, confessing that Jesus is Lord and that he died for my sins. So that's the way to heaven. Um, it's okay to pretend and to lie to one another. So, you know, again, if you see something in the church, you know, you don't, you don't talk about it. You don't mention it. You just turn the other eye because we, we don't have problems in the church. That's what I witnessed. And even in the Christian church, when I got out of that one, I see, I've seen the same thing. A lot of fake, a lot of, um, you're supposed to be happy, um, you're supposed to show that you're a true Christian by by smiling, by being peaceful, by being happy, and pretending that everything is fine, and smiling at one another and hugging one another at, before and after church and during, and then really, truly, that's not how you felt. You were falling apart. Um, the, anyway, but being a Christian and having problems meant that you would bring shame on, on God if you had them. So you shouldn't have them. So I've, I've experienced that. I've seen that. Um, I've seen that God is a mean, mad God. Um, after I got out of the second religious, um, very, very horrible experience that about killed me, um, to me, if I would read the Bible somehow, and I don't understand it for anything, but I would see anything I read as, oh, that's God. I, I'm that. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be in the fire. I'm going to, I'm, you know, I would just always seem to see the negative and think that was me that God's pointing to. That's how messed up I was in the end, that God's always mad at us. 
Um, you know, like what Joe, man, what Joe went through, I thought was amazing and incredible. I can't imagine he must've thought God was mad too, you know, but he found out that just because we have problems and trials and troubles doesn't mean that God's mad at us. I, I feel that the church doesn't get it, that the problems and trials are actually good for us. They're for our growth. I mean, it says in the Bible that every day was listed and numbered. Wow. Well, that to me means that God knows. It says that God knows everything. He knows every hair on our head. He knows every thought. He knows our coming in, our going out, our rising. He knows everything about each and every one of us. He's he's very knowledgeable, and we think that he he just he, he just doesn't see everything, and he's just always mad about everything. And I, Job found out different in the end. So I found out different in the end. Thank God. Um, that there were there was a lot of man-made regulations that we had to follow a lot and um dan i know in your church too it was it was really the same um so um there's no other baptism than the one that the church does in water and the gifts are done away with that's a whole nother problem um so you know like one time i wanted to be baptized in a, a different church than i wanted to be a member of uh, but i just wanted to be baptized in you know in a different church than the the cult i was brought up in i wanted to be in a regular christian church but when i told them i know i don't want to be a member i just want to get baptized they they said no that was shocking to me so um i i found that um in my church i grew up in and the second one too um, the churches that I have visited, most of them really do see us as helpless sinners saved by grace. And um, I, I just, you know, until Jesus comes back and then takes us to heaven. It's like, why would we need, why would we need healing in heaven? We're not going to need that. And so, you know, it's kind of weird to me because we need that now in this day and age, but no one believes in laying on of hands and we didn't, in my growing up years either, uh, we didn't believe in healing. We didn't believe in miracles. We believe the disciples were the only ones that were amazing and that were to just announce this coming of Jesus and that that's, that's it. There's no more gifts, no more uh, goals except for to get to heaven. And that's by accepting Jesus. So that, that has been pretty, um, you know, amazing, shocking, disappointing. I, I don't, I don't like that. I, I want to see the church um, going more into the positive realm of things. And uh, I really want to talk about that tonight. So gotcha. anyway, gotcha. and that's, uh, and that's so interesting that you said that because a lot of people, like you said, are, are just waiting, you know, they don't, they don't believe there's this other phase, the, the, the gifts that we have and that those gifts are supposed to be working through you and me, yeah, uh, not yeah. any one specifically, but there's many gifts. And, uh, and like you said, we're, we're being taught more and more. So I, I think that would be a healthy change if the church would, you know, you know, sort of re-inaugurate that or bring those things back into the church, because that's what's, what's, that's what'll take the church from sort of a coffee shop, which is okay. I, I got to tell you, you know, not everything about the church is bad. I mean, going no. and having a cup of coffee, smiling at people, meeting people, giving people hugs, hearing some Bible scriptures or, or inspiration. I all think it's great. <clears throat> and I mm -hmm. think it's wonderful. And I think the church, uh, but, but I think it, it's, it's just missing the next element. And I, and I think that next element 
is what Paul talked about, Christ and you, hope of glory. Because he used to, you know, in the Bible, he used to talk to the people and he'd say, why is it you need milk again and you're not into the meat? Well, what's the meat? The meat is the greater things. The meat is allowing the Holy Spirit to work its way through us. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to work with our temple. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to lift the veils within us. And there's so much that the church is missing by just preaching that message that we give our life to Jesus. And, and it's true. I mean, we do surrender. We surrender our life to God. And Yeah, and that's a big deal, the surrender. You know, it's not even like what people are thinking at all, I don't think. You know, I mean, I, I, I think that they think surrender means that I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but they don't understand that the surrender is a daily thing like a, a moment actually moment by moment surrender is what's happening you know not my will but your will be done that's the way jesus showed us so we're we're unfortunately always trying to get what we want all the time in our daily basis and i think that god would like to see in the church that we're living according to his will go ahead dan all right we have to take a commercial break uh right back with our co-host uh angela clark that will continue our and and what the change coming up right after the commercial break you're listening to heart radio show with ken and ann for more All right, we're back. You're listening to Heart to Heart Radio Show with Dan and Ann. We've been talking with our guest, Angela Clark, who is the other co-host, and she's my wife. Her website is angelasinspirations.com. And what we've been discussing tonight is why the churches are failing and what needs to change. So glad you joined us tonight. Thank you. And uh, yes. Angela just wanted to continue on with our conversation and you know, early on when we were talking, you mentioned the word codependency, and I was trying to, I wanted our listeners to know how codependency uh, relates to the church and, and maybe also how it related to your husband and, and your early relationship that you had of 25 years with your ex. Yeah, you know, um, I, I think that the church is, when I was growing up, and when I was in the Christian church, I remember that that word codependent being something that we stayed far, far away from. And when I heard those words codependent uh, and codependency and the little CDs they had out there about it, man, it's like we were told to have nothing to do with that. And I sense I've heard different people be very angry when they hear uh, people talking about learning about codependency. But you know, the 12-step group is all about it, and I think the church uh, is beginning to embrace it, and I'm really, really glad about that because the way that it's been in the past is that, like we, we talked about earlier, that women um, don't know how to say what they need. They just kind of... Um, they just kind of morph into their husband's life and be become what that husband wants them to be. They don't tend to... Um, 
it, a lot of the time I, I notice that they don't tend to have their own ideas about dreams that they have. That's how it was for me in the way that I grew up. It just that the man was the one who was important and us women were to be obedient and submissive and stay home. And we didn't learn how to say no. We didn't learn how to um, have dreams, how to take care of ourselves, um, how to, to speak out what's wrong. We just wanted to be quiet obedient, submissive. And, um, we also learned how to be caretakers, but a lot of time, not in a healthy way. It was like we were butting into other people's affairs and ignoring our own issues. Um, just, uh, we have a, a lot of fears, um, a lot of rejections, fears of being kicked out of the church. If we, if we cause any trouble, if we don't obey our husbands, just things that, um, I think the church is beginning to to wake up to, and I'm really, really glad about it because I think that when you're codependent and you don't get these issues worked out, you don't know how to speak your mind, you don't know how to say what you need, ask for what you need, you don't know how to do these things, you end up being very resentful, and that leads to frustration, which leads to anger, and and it leads to a lot of bad things, that ill health. Um, and it's lying to one another. You know, the Bible says we're to to um, speak the truth in love and, and to not lie to one another. So to me, when we're not being honest in the church, like we were talking about the last segment, that we're we're not um, being honest and, and we're lying. So I think that we need to begin to be transparent in the church say what's wrong. And I begin I'm beginning to see some of this transparency and I'm, I'm really glad about it. Because it, we really need it. Because if we don't, you know, we, we, we could get a split mind by not being honest and saying what is. We you know we're pretending that it isn't like it should be. We're pretending that it's different when, when in actuality we're, we're angry, resentful, hurting, needing someone to talk to, needing someone to help us. But we're pretending that everything's fine. And I'm telling you, that leads to mental illness. And, um, so I'm, I think it leads to losing yourself. So, you know, I want to tell you about when I lost myself, you know, the way that I was brought up was that, um, your husband should be the head of the house. He should be the spiritual leader and the spiritual head. And so when my husband, he was, he didn't know the Lord be, you know, I did first, he didn't yet. And then when he finally did, or so, so he shared with me that that was what, what it was. And he said, after he told us that he had accepted the Lord. He says, um, let's go for a walk. So we went into our, our forest, took a walk and he said, Angela, you're going to have to listen to me now. And I remember thinking, Oh, this is great. How wonderful. My husband is finally taking the, the reins. and He's going to be the spiritual leader of our home. The what I've always dreamed the way my mother taught me. And I was absolutely thrilled, but what was your job then? Well, my job was just to obey, 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 and, and trust that he was um, obe- obeying God, hearing God, that God was his head. So so instead of me being the head of the house under under God, under Christ, that now my husband was the leader, so now I'm under him. So I follow him instead of God. So I kind of let go of those reins, and I just followed him blindly that I believe that he was, you know, obeying God and following God. And so I obeyed him. But in the end of my relationship with him, that led to my absolute downfall. And I really believe that each one of us is very, very much needing to realize that 
no one is going to get us right with God. No one is going to build a relationship with God. The pastor can't do it. He doesn't have all of our answers. He can't go to God and pray for each and every solitary one of our issues and problems. And so, you know, we, we have to realize that we are responsible. So um, I just want to just say that I hope the church will definitely realize that and help us to realize that each one of us has that responsibility to work on a relationship with God and that, and we don't have to rely on a pastor to get ourselves into heaven and to just not worry about that because at least we're in the right church that we learn to rely on God ourselves on a day-to-day basis, hearing his voice, learning how to do that. And, um, you know, I, we're, I know we're going to talk eventually about the, the pastor's role in our lives and what that should be. And I'm excited to talk about that um, because I, I'm excited for where the church is probably headed. I, I don't see how it could be any other way because there's a lot of people not going to church anymore. And that's sad. And the teenagers, we're losing them. So I'm excited for what what's going to have to change and what we're going to start seeing. So yeah, and I think that's a big thing you were talking about there, because I know in my church, which was a kingdom hall, the women weren't allowed to get on stage. They weren't allowed to give talks. Um, right. it, 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 there were so many other things. If we went door to door and there, and there was all women and in there and a newly baptized guy came in or a guy that wasn't baptized and he wanted to go door to door, the woman had to tie a scarf over her head to show she was in submission. She would, you know, they they call them babushkas and all these different weird things. But the women would have to to do this to show submit subjection. And also they weren't really allowed to get on the platform, but they literally had to go off to the side, have two women sitting down, you know, or or standing up together. But they were never to have a, a part of the authority, if you will, of standing behind a, a, a pedestal. And so, wow, that was just so sickening, as if women were second class. And, and I grew up in that. I grew up that women were second class. And it, and it was because of what was in the scriptures. You know, the head of every man is the woman. The head of Christ is God. The head, you know. And mm-hmm. so unless, unless we uh, have, uh, unless we have this cleared up, Unless we have the Holy Spirit make sense of what those scriptures are talking about, I, I mean, what what do we do? You know, we yeah. just we just believe them just as they are right off the page. How do we change what's on the page of the Bible? Yeah, I know. I just think that we've been sort of unfortunately, kind of like you guys in the Jehovah's Witnesses, Dan, you guys only memorize certain scriptures and, and that's the only ones you really ever cared about. And the only ones you really knew, I mean, it looked like to all of us when you came to our doors that you guys knew the whole Bible, but that's not the truth. So what about all the other ones that are out there that are, that are actually almost opposite and, um, you know, that's, that's the whole thing in the yin and the yang, the, you know, the left and the right, you know, <laughs> one there's part of the scriptures. It says the the, uh, the gifts will be done away with another part of the scriptures says, you know, they're still effective and it goes on and on, you know, yeah, it, says, it says that in the last days that, uh, what men will see visions and old men dream dreams and that women and men will prophesy in the, in the end, in the very end of time, whenever that is. Um, so that's not, uh, done away. 
you know um even after jesus died paul was not one of the disciples he did he brought someone back to life you know the people were healed and all kinds of the members if you read the history of some of the mem- the different people in the church how there've been miracles forever after but we don't we don't want to acknowledge that those gifts are still there we need them for goodness sake we need them you know um anyway and, um, and look at the beginning of the bible you know it said that uh you know women was created as a partner it was a, it was a partnership you know, that he wouldn't be alone and they were to work together. And it was never, I don't believe that man was supposed to dominate a woman. I mean, or, you know, be the head and the all thinking, because I've seen a lot of women who are brilliant. They're better with money. They're better with this. They're better with, you know, they have more wisdom more understanding. And to take all those gifts and to shove them down and to say, you know, here's what the Bible says right here, that you are to be in subjection to me, and I'm your head, and I'm going to make all these important decisions. I think, wow. And I know people will disagree, because if you've read it from the Bible, you know, a real, you know, in your real fundamentalist churches, I mean, that's what they teach. I mean, the women is in subjection, and you see those lost souls. You look out there, I can tell you, I've been to a lot of churches, and I won't name them, but when I look at the women, they're lost souls. They're empty. Their eyes, you know, there's nobody there. All right, guys. Um, I guess we need to take a commercial break now. So uh, I have lost my notes. Oh, dear. Come back to be with Angela and why the church is failing us today. You're listening to Heart to Heart Radio Show with Dan and Angela. And our guest this hour was me, Angela Clark. Website is angelasinspirations.com. For more information about Heart to Heart Radio, visit uh, show.com or check out our personal website, prodigaljourneys.com. You're listening to Heart to Heart Radio Show on X Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. All right, we're back. You're listening to Heart to Heart Radio Show with Dan and Ann. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. All right, our guest tonight is Angela Clark, and we've been discussing why the churches are failing and what needs to change. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I wanted to just continue on, Angela, with our discussion on... uh, you know, what do you what do you envision? You know, we've talked a lot about the churches and, you know, what they're not doing right. And, you know, the, you know, what do you envision the church becoming or what could it become if it was to change? Do you, do you have a vision for that? Well, you know, like we were talking about a little bit earlier that we're, we're living honestly, we're speaking our truth, we're living authentically, we're not lying to one another, we're living full out for God, using all of our gifts and talents, um, we're doing what Jesus did, and um, surrendering ourselves to God's will, I, I kind of see that, I think this is where we're headed, um, we're hearing God's voice, you know, um, I don't know about you, but I didn't learn in, in church how to hear God's voice. Do you know what I mean? And I, what's that, Dan? I was afraid of God. Yeah. So, but, 
but you know, I've taught people how to hear God's voice and you can hear God's voice. And, um, I, I just, I, I'm excited that we would start teaching that, um, that we truly believe again in the power of prayer and, you know, in, in even the idea of where two or more are gathered and, and that there Jesus said, I will be in their midst. We really don't believe that. I don't see that going on hardly ever. Um, long time. I know um, that to, to believe that Jesus and God are actively involved in our lives and that um, we're ap- actively participating in others' lives and even that we, we are even participating in others' salvation. And that's a weird thing that I just said there. I know that's a weird um, something to say there, but um, I realize that since we're each vessels of God with a, a, our individual giftings and light and ways of, of ex, uh, expressing something, that that is what maybe somebody else needs. And so in and, and prayer and all of that, what I just said in our giftings, we're, we're actually participating in each other's salvation in our in our in our changes, in our evolution, if you will, or our transformation that God wants in our lives, that he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're participating, supposed to be, in each other and and supporting one another. But unfortunately, in the United States and probably Canada, around the world even, that we become very individual. Um, it's about me, my life, my job, my house, my bills, my problems, and they're separate from everyone else's. And we're, we've become kind of disjointed. But I see the church coming back together. Um, I see that we're no longer seeing ourselves separate from God and that we're striving to be one and being taught to be one with God and to be like God, asking daily for the fruits of the spirit and, and daily praying for others. I mean, really, really, you know, doing it again, um, being taught to love and accept and be compassionate towards others and not just people of your own church or even your own faith, but to love and care for everyone. And I kind of have seen sometimes, unfortunately, where we just think, well, I just need to take care of my own brothers in my church and, you know, forget the neighbor across the street. They, they're, they're, oh, I I think they're doing drugs. I think they're, you know, what, whoa, 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 you know, we're supposed to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And it didn't say just those who are in the church. It didn't say that. So I, I'm excited. I mean, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he died and saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They know not what they do. And so and he wasn't just saying it for just this group of people. He was saying it for all mankind, all religions, truth, space, whatever. And so that I think that's to be us, too. Yeah, um, you know, along with that, I was just thinking about, you know, that people I know when I visit a lot of churches, you know, a lot of people come up to me and ask me if I've been saved and you know, they have a big Bible in their hand, you know, they're making that big statement. And, you know, I, here's what I think. I, I think there's been too much of that. You know, they open up the Bible and they start reading scriptures and we start, actually, we start beating people with the scriptures where the truth is we're supposed to be a living testimony. We're supposed to be filled with the spirit. We're supposed to be the word. If the word is in us, Christ is in us, Jesus Christ is in us, God is in us, we become the living word. And the reason I say that so strongly is because the Bible says when we die to self, as we come to the end of ourself, the prodigal son journey, it says another dimension begins to fill us. 
And that is the dimension of God. And that's what we're supposed to bring to that neighbor across the street. That's why we're cooperating with divinity. We're cooperating. The, the spirit is using our temple, our, our, our inner temple, if we're allowing it. And But first, it's got to build a temple. So when we see people out there, Jesus said, go to them and take my heart to them. And, and it's living and it's here today. Jesus said, I never left. You know, the church is sitting around waiting for Jesus to return. But he said, I never left. In fact, I'll be with you always. Where is he? Well, as we surrender this Christos, Christ energy begins to fill us. And that is what pours out of us. I love the, the idea of what somebody said one day, that the only word somebody might see is you. And, you know, the only Bible they might see is you. Yes, yes, yes. testimony. Yes. You know, and the idea that God lives inside of us and that the kingdom of God is inside you and it's now and it's at hand. Wow, you know, I mean, that's that's a really big deal. And um, if we really, all of us really believed that, I think we might be able to live a little bit more full out, you know, realizing on a day-to-day basis, beginning to form in our minds that, that who's living in this body with me? God is living inside. Why would he want to? You know, but but the truth is, how I, I think of this, how humble is it of God that he would be willing to live in this this temple that's also full of weeds and wheat and, you know, sin and, and good. There's both inside of us. What and, I, what but, I love about it, go ahead. That, that God would be willing to live in here with me. Wow. Go ahead. I, I love that, the, that what Jesus said, the demonstration of the idea that I'm living in you is your heart is changed. You'll be filled with love and that love can, can pour out. That's how we know if it's been activated. Everyone talks about the kingdom of God's within and with hand, but Really, if that kingdom of God is activated in us, if we've come to the end of ourselves, if we've surrendered and allowed space for divinity, that spirit begins to take over us. It begins to consume us. It begins to be our hands, our eyes, our feet. People are wondering how to do the greater things. Well, it ain't us doing them. It's the spirit of God doing them through us. But we're just making ourselves vessels. We're open to be vessels, living vessels that bring Christ, bring God to people. And so that's what I think is missing. I think a lot of people read that scripture, but the, but the, the fact that it's, that it's activated, you will see fruit. Jesus said, you will recognize them that by the fact that they were saved, he said, you will recognize them by their fruit, that they will have love. Yeah, by their love, yes. It'll be growing. It'll be overflowing. It won't be becoming less. Exactly. And, you know, and it says in the Bible that God is building his temple inside of us. And that is, I think that is done through hardship, trials, tribulations. And, you know, I dug out that scripture. I wanted to read about that because it talks about that that you you. You enter the kingdom of God, it said in the Bible, through the, through the tribulations and through difficulties and problems. And Jesus said to be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world, but that you would go through tribulations and trials. So I think that's meant to be there for our growth. And people, I think a lot of people believe in Christians too, that we, we that we shouldn't have problems. And that when we do, God's mad at us and it, it proves that we're not in favor with God. But I say that is not the truth. It wasn't the truth with Job. 
at all. You know, he went through all of that so that God could show him, you know, so that he could say in the end that, you know, I thought I knew you, but now my own eyes do see you. And now I get who you really are because this idea of God was not the real, the way God really was. And in the end, he could say, now I know who God really is. And then he was very blessed in, in a whole new way. So I think God's burning out the, 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 the weaknesses burning out, you know, the dross, he's, this is an alchemical process where we're being changed from, you know, from ashes and, and muck, like the lotus flower into, you know, to, to glory, like a flower is glory from glory to greater glory. So what do you, so, so what do you think uh, as a final question? Um, we got about two minutes. What do you, what do you think a pastor job is today? What do you think that should look like? You know, knowing what it is now, what do you think the pastor jobs is supposed to be? You know, I, I definitely think it should be to connect us to God. And, uh, you know, I said to a, a pastor was being asked, what do you think your, my job is being a new pastor? And I raised my hand and, I, hand and I said, your job is to connect us to God so that we have a relationship one-on-one. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he said. I couldn't believe it. It's like, you know, but anyway, I think that definitely that's important um, that th- our life is to be at it's an experiential. We each want to have an experiential journey of our own, you know, being led by God because each of us has different giftings. So we're not all going to have the exact same anything. We're all going to be having a little different journey, but we need to seek God out to have a relationship with him. And then I think to understand that God, he's got our back. He loves us. He's for us. He's a lover of our souls. He's our provider. We're never alone. And that we're taught that. And we're taught union with God. And that uh, we, and, and also that, that, that they'll preach that they believe in miracles again, that, that we're the light of the world, that, um, I don't know, that the gifts are still there, that we could, we should all be living to the fullest. We should be living each one of us, our gifts and, you know, that it's okay to be weak. It's okay to screw up. Okay. Right. All right. Well, we have to wrap it up here tonight, guys. Um, I've enjoyed this discussion right. with, with you. Thank you. I think we've given our audience a few things to think about. Don't you, Dan? Yes, I um, do. All right, my website is angelasinspirations.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of Heart to Heart Radio Show with Dan and Ann. And to find out when our show can be heard on the...